So we're holding by Parachav, Pasuk, Chaf Gimel. We learned previously that Yonasan tells David, lays out for David the plan, that if, depending on Shaul's response, but Yonasan will secretly communicate with David by using arrows, by shooting arrows, and telling the Nar which direction to go. So now David, now Yonasan, rather, tells David that no matter what the results are, even if David has to run away and they have to go their separate ways, Yonasan and David, but nevertheless, the bris that they made will still stand and Hashem will be a witness that it remains intact forever. So that's what's happening in Pasuk of Gimov. That matter, that covenant that you and I made, that we spoke about, Hashem will remain as a witness to it, that it is still intact forever. There's no reason that the bris, that the covenant that you and I have should, should be broken or should be invalid just because we go our separate ways. So, Pasuk of Dalit, the plan is put into action. Vayisasar David Basada, David hides out in the field. Vayachodesh, and it was the Rosh Chodesh. Vayeshev HaMelech El Halechem Lechol. So, the king sat down at the feast to eat the Sudas Rosh Chodesh, as was planned. Vayeshev HaMelech Al Moshavai. So, the king sat at his seat, Kefam Mefam, like he always did. Al Moshav Akir, by the wall. He had a seat facing the wall. What does that mean? The Abarbanel says that Shaul sat with his back to the wall, which was the most hush of a seat in the room. The Abbas Yonason says that Shaul knew Benavua that he would be killed, and so he never left his back unprotected for fear that someone might ambush him and kill him that way, and so that's why he always sat El Akir with his back to the wall. So Vayakam Yonason, Yonason stood, Vayeshav Avner Mitzat Shol, and Avner sat next to Shol, meaning that somehow Yonason switched his seats with Avner. So what the normal setup of the seats was that it, they, they would sit reclining, and it wasn't Bakavadik, it wasn't respectful for Yonason to recline in front of his father. So the general setup was Shol, then next to Shol, David, then came Yonason, so Yonason would be separated from Shol, and then would come Avner. So what happened was, so David used to sit ne- immediately next to Shaul. Yonason left David's seat empty, and he sat in his own place. But when it was clear that David wasn't coming, so Yonason didn't want to recline in front of his father, there was no one there between them. So he switched seats with Avner, so that way Avner would be next to Yonason. Obviously, the Babanel says Yonason knew David wasn't coming, but he couldn't immediately act on that information. So he had to uh, sit where he normally sat, and then eventually change his seat so no one would catch on. The Malbim adds, the Yonason switched seats in order, this was again in order to draw Shaul's attention to the fact, make sure he realized very clearly that David was not there. According to Radak, Yonason did not want to sit next to, next to Shaul because he was afraid that Shaul might grow angry at David's absence and he might suspect Yonason of colluding with him and, and, and hit him, so therefore he distanced himself from him. So, continuing with the Pesukim. So, Avner now sits next to Shaul. Vayipakin makam David. David's seat was empty. So according to the Avas Yonasan, Avner also didn't want to sit in David's seat. Everyone left David's seat empty. Avner, out of respect for David, he knew that David would eventually be the Melech, so out of respect for him, even Avner did not want to sit in David's seat, and so David's seat remains empty. So Shaul notices that David's not there. However, Shaul said nothing on that day, because he thought to himself, it's a coincidence. He must be impure, and he hasn't had a chance yet to become Tahar. 
So the Gemara in Psachim says that this is an example of a Pasuk that goes out of its way to use a Lashon Naki. We have this several times, this, this concept, that the Torah wants to speak in a Lashon Naki, so it says extra words. And here's an example. Instead of saying that Shaul thought that David was Tameh, it says that Bilti Tarhu Kilai Tarhu uses 16 extra letters to make the point that David was not Tahar, but rather he was Tame, but using a Lashon Naki. So the Radak explains what's happening here. Shaul didn't make a big deal about the fact that David was missing from the first day of Rosh because he thought David was a Keri, David had seen had seen um, um, Zara, and therefore that made him Tame. Now in that case, David couldn't attend the Suda for one of two reasons, either because a, 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 a Keri coming to the uh, uh, Shulchan HaMelech, right, to the king's feast is not an appropriate thing, it was disrespectful, or it's inappropriate for someone who's Tameh to eat together with people who are Tahar. Now, even though halachically it's mutter for someone to eat chulin while he's Tameh, but we learn many times in the Gemara that there are people, especially tzaddikim, who are makbit to eat their chulin in a state of Tahara, and so therefore it would not have been appropriate for David, who was Tameh, to sit with them, and that was Shaul's logic, that's how Shaul um, justified it in his mind. Uh, the Radak also offers another shot that possibly they were actually eating the Karbanos of Rish Chodesh. So they were actually eating Karbanos. So obviously then it's, it makes perfect sense why David couldn't be there. Because if David's Tameh, he can't sit at a table where they're, sitting, where they're serving Hegdish if he is Tameh. Now, Shaul thought, the Ralbag and the Rashi come up with a different shot of what Shaul thought. Shaul thought that David experienced Kerry because either he was with his wife the night before, or because he was, as Rashi says, because it was an Oynes, right? In the middle of the night, it was an Oynes that Zerah came out. Now, the Rabag and the Abarbanel say that either way you learn, whether you learn like the Rabag or you learn like Rashi, it means that Shaul judged David negatively. Because either he, he's viewing him as somebody who excessively has relations with his wife, and that's why he's a carry, or someone who thinks about Znus during the day, and therefore an Oynes of Zerah comes out at night. But in either case, Shaul has a negative judgment of David, and we see it from here. And so that's how Shaul passes off David's absence. Now, what does it mean, ki amar mikra hu built itar hu kiloitar? Right? It's, it literally it translates, it's a coincidence, he's not pure because he's not pure. That's how it literally translates. Rabbeinu Shaya said that it actually is a redundant a phrase. However, the Mitsutis learns that kiloitar, built itar hu kiloitar means he has not yet purified himself, meaning he didn't yet dip in a mikvah, and that's why he is not able to come. So built itar hu means that maybe he is not tahar because he didn't have a, a chance yet to dip in the mikvah. The Pnei Yeshua, based on that Gemara and Psachim that we learned, says that if they were eating the meat of the Rish Chodesh, then even if David did dip in a mikvah, he would need to have waited for Harib Shemesh, he would need to have waited for sunset in order to eat. And so therefore, Kilai Tar doesn't mean that he didn't dip in a mikvah, but rather he wasn't halachically tar, because he was still a Harib Shemesh, he still had to wait for sunset in order to eat. So no matter how you learn over here, Shaul in his mind justifies the fact, he thinks that it's a coincidence that David happens to not be there, but he's going to wait and see till the second day of the Suda whether David is still not there. And if it happens that David's not there, as we'll see tomorrow, then he's going to act upon it and question where David is.